Well, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Greg, and I am so glad that you are listening right now. Listen, man, life is hard, but we are here to help you. And so I hope you enjoyed today's message. And man, our, our, our real prayer and our real hope is that, that the message today will help you take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. famous Sermon on the Mount, recorded in the New Testament book of Matthew, chapter 5, Jesus tells his followers, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do you hear that? Jesus said, we, Christians, followers of his, are the light of the world. Although Jesus was speaking to this large crowd, and I believe this was to the individual, I think that this same message can apply to a marriage. A marriage done well, not perfect, not without strife, not without stress, not without disagreements, but it's a marriage done well. Here's the thing. What's preventing you, what's preventing us, from having a light on a hill marriage? A marriage that the world looks at it and says, I want what they got. I want that kind of marriage. Well, I call this unmet, unrealistic expectations. We all have them. We all go into our relationships with them. Think about it. Regardless if you're in a relationship or you've been in a relationship or you dream of being in a serious relationship, we all tend to have a certain set of expectations as to the kind of relationship we imagine having. We have our own hopes, our own dreams, our own aspirations as to what makes for a great relationship. Think about it, vacations. He loves the mountains, she loves the beach. Holidays, we always go to Aunt Sally's for Thanksgiving. Meanwhile, he's like, no, I always go to my grandma's on Thanksgiving. Even the way we fight, we have expectations of how we'll handle those disagreements. Expectations are defined as a strong case that something will happen or be the case in the future. Let me ask you this question. Before you were married or before you were in a serious relationship, did you ever think about becoming the perfect person for someone else? Of course not. Who does that? When we think about our future mate, our spouse, 
You thought about who the ideal person would be for you. Expectations are not necessarily bad, folks. Right? Some are good expectations. The issue is when we don't share our expectations with our partner. They go unsaid. We never have a sit-down conversation about those. Maybe you've talked a little bit about what your future might be, kind of things you'd like to do. The problem with this is these are my expectations. And these unmet, unrealistic expectations get cast on our partners. Where do they come from? Where do these unmet, unrealistic expectations come from? They come from our life experiences. Expectations are a response to what we grew up in or what you grew up around. Right? A lot of times our expectations come from the environment we grew up in. Right? Who we lo looked at comes from our parents a lot of times. Maybe what you witnessed in a neighbor. Maybe it's an older sibling. Here's the thing. Many times our expectations are us trying to avoid something or recreate something. Maybe you grew up in a house where your parents are very loving. They said, I love you daily. They hugged, they kissed, you saw affection. And you're like, man, someday I want to marry just like my parents. Or maybe you grew up in a home where there was strife. Your parents never seemed happy. You never heard the words, I love you, come out of their mouths. And they sure as heck were never affectionate to one another. In your case, your expectation is, I'm never going to have a marriage like my parents. Again, the problem with this is, these are my expectations. And they were never communicated to the other person. Now, when this happened, it's been said that this is when eyes collide. And when eyes collide, people typically have four responses. The first one, we quit. We give up. Say things like, we're never going to figure this out. We'll never get along. You're never going to go along with me, and I'm never going to go along with you. As a matter of fact, I don't even think I love you anymore. By the way, when we say that, what you're communicating is, I choose not to love you. It's not about a feeling. The next thing, if we don't quit, is we try to win. We try to win arguments. We leverage what we call the four C's of a dysfunctional relationship. The first C is convince. You might say things like, oh, wouldn't it better be better if we do it this way? Oh, wouldn't you rather go there? No, wouldn't you rather see that movie? We're trying to convince the other person to see things on our side. The second C is control. This is almost self-explanatory, right? Someone's dominant in the relationship, and they're constantly trying to control moves and actions of their spouse. They never allow their spouse to get anything. They're thinking ahead. They're thinking about 
how I'm going to get you to do what I need you to do. The fourth C is coerce. Coerce can be fun. Like, come on, it'll be fun. Come on. You know you'll like it. I remember when you used to like that. Come on, it'll be great. We're trying to convince them again to see things or go along with our plans. Meanwhile, we totally don't care about the plans of our spouse. Third one is convict. You might say things like, you know, you're just like your father, or you're just like your mother. We convict people of things that aren't true to coerce them, right? To try to convince them, to control them at the same time. When that doesn't work, some people conform. We become someone we're not. We begin to compensate. We start to lose what makes us who we are. And the danger of conforming is that at the end of the day, we lose respect for our partner. And they lose respect for us. The fourth and final C in this equation is compromise. This is the most common response. And I'm betting, because most people do this when they go into a marriage, they think this is the goal. And this is how we stay married. This is how you don't quit. You just compromise. So many couples go into a marriage thinking, well, we'll just work it out. He or she, they, they love me. We, we can always work it out. I know they have my best interest at heart, don't they? Maybe you saw this in your parents. Your parents weren't happy or unhappy. They just got along. They just kind of figured it out. A compromised relationship becomes a transactional relationship. If you do this, I'll do that. You do these chores, I'll do these chores. This kind of relationship is characterized by low trust. And can I tell you, where there's low trust, there's low intimacy. You will never give yourself to someone fully if you don't fully trust them. At the end of the day, this may work for a while, but you're going to miss out on the marriage that God designed for you and for your spouse. A compromised relationship is a commitment to the wrong thing. It's fueled by a commitment to the relationship, not to the person. We say things like, I'm committed to my relationship. I want my relationship, I want my marriage to work. I'm committed. We'll make this thing work. I know it. I don't want my wife, Maria, committed to a marriage. Matter of fact, I want her committed to me. Well, that's half true. I actually want her committed to Jesus first. More on that to come. Here's the thing. When eyes collide, 
we loses. When eyes collide, when my expectations collide and don't match with my spouse's, we loses. Instead of having a light on a hill marriage, one characterized by submission, not bargaining or compromising, you want to know what the game changer is? You want to know what a happy light on a hill couples know? Here it is. Hold on. You might want to have a piece of pen and paper for this one. This is big. <laughs> I don't want you to miss this, okay? All right. Happy, successful Christian couples know that they owe each other everything, but they're owed nothing in return. Let me say it again. Happy, successful Christian couples know they owe each other everything, but they are owed nothing in return. You think this is instinctual, that these couples are just born into this? It's just natural? No. If it was natural, a divorce rate in the U.S. wouldn't be 50-plus percent. It'd be zero. A little aside on this, there's a misnomer that in the church, we have the same rate of divorce as we do in the secular world. Rally this, this is only true to people who aspire to religion. This is not people who attend regular services together. As a matter of fact, they're 20% less. Happy couples have true joy in their lives, despite their circumstances. They live every day under the assumption that they owe each other everything, and yet they are owed nothing in return. How do I know this is true? Well, I did hear another pastor actually use this example. No, how do I know this is actually true? Because happy Christian couples take their cues from Jesus. Happy Christian couples know that a commitment to their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the key to the successful marriage. Jesus said this, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's in John chapter 13. That's a light on a hill marriage, right? That's a marriage with a Christ-centered relationship. Happy couples know that a successful, joy-filled marriage is a submission competition. It's a race to be last. In Matthew, Jesus said this. He said, the last will be first, and the first will be last. Now, I know it's not very sexy, right? A submission competition. But those who put others' needs ahead of their own will be first in the kingdom of heaven. That's a promise. Jesus demonstrated love 
through submission and sacrifice. What's a light on a hill marriage look like? Submission. Sacrifice. Putting others' needs ahead of my own. I'm sure many of you have heard of the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? Treat others the way that I want to be treated. Happy Christian couples live by the platinum rule. This is found in Ephesians 5.21 where the Apostle Paul says, submit, there's that word again, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Why do we submit? We submit because our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, submitted to the Father and went to a cross on our behalf to cover the sins of the world, past, present, and future. Tough question for you. What unmet, unrealistic expectations have you placed on your spouse or significant other? What would it look like to stop playing the eyes collide game and instead start playing the submission competition game? A race to the back of the line. Imagine what our city would look like if our marriages were characterized as a light on a hill, a beacon of hope in a dark world. Go one step further. What if we were a church characterized by sacrificial love? Again, the love Jesus showed us when he freely went to the cross. He submitted to the Father. He took on our pain, our suffering, so that we could have a light on a hill marriage, an example that our neighbors, our coworkers, our families look to. A little bit of homework for you this week before I wrap us up with prayer and we move into a time of communion. I, I, I suggest this to a lot of couples that I work with and counsel with. This week, I want you to schedule a meeting with your spouse, your fiancé, or the significant other in your life if you're in a dating relationship. I don't want you to ask this question. I don't want you to ask the question, how are you doing? That's what we always do. So how are you? How are you doing? Fine. Okay. I'm good. Instead, the question I want you to ask one another is, how am I doing? How am I doing? What unmet, unrealistic expectations have I placed on you? Schedule it. Give yourself time for this conversation because more than likely, you've never had this conversation before. Here's the thing. This is not a conversation, a time to complain or use the B word sometimes. No, it's not a, a conversation that says, well, if you would do this, then this, right? It's not about compromise. Have an open dialogue and ask the question, how am I doing? I encourage you to make this a regular habit, weekly, bi-weekly, whatever works. Remember, a light on a hill marriage, a light that the world looks to, 
looks up to. It's characterized by submission to Jesus. Every week here at Miami Church, we celebrate communion. Communion is a celebration of the submission and sacrifice that Jesus made for us when he died on a cross and rose from the dead. When we take communion, those of us that are followers of Jesus, those of us that would consider ourselves Christians, we do this, as Jesus said, in remembrance. We remember the sacrifice, the submission that he made, the horrendous death that he suffered for us. I like to say for myself, this is the time I get on my knees, metaphorically, maybe for real, but this is the time I get on my knees, I go back to the cross, I say, Father, please forgive me, for I am a sinner. And God looks down and says, I know my son, I know my daughter, but your sins are covered. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we wish to be people. We wish to be in relationships that are characterized by submission. They're characterized, Lord, as sacrificial. But we admit that we fall short, and without you, we'll never achieve that. So God, I, I pray right now, I pray that you would speak to us during this time of communion, God that you would convict us or we would leave this place changed, that we'd leave this place with a strong desire to live a life in honor of you that we would have, we'd aspire to have light on a hill. Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at miamichurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.